Welcome, everybody, to the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast Show with myself, Aaron, and Tom. And tonight, once again, we're scouring all of the United States and all over the world for some of the hottest up-and-coming talents in the game today. And tonight, we think we found one. He's your oh-so-truly. He's Mr. Kind of a Big Deal, and he's the gracious gift. It's Isaiah Zane. How's it going? It's your man's Isaiah Zane. You forgot the most important part. You was about 95% there. But now I, I respect the intro. I respect it. Thank you for doing your research. The man's Isaiah Zane. There you go. That's yeah. Good. So I want to ask you a question right off the bat because, you know, I've been kind of following you for a while. I reached out to you as far as a project that I'm kind of working on on, on the backside of this. And mm -hmm. I come across CWF, which you were okay. the heavyweight champion. And now there's this conspiracy. And now you're having to wait 10 weeks to go one-on-one -on -one with Braddock. So let's talk about this matchup. What is going on there? Look, man, oh, truth man. is, CWF management just can't handle, you know, the gift of grace, the gracious gift Isaiah Zane. I came in there, you know, begging for an opportunity when I first started out of my wrestling career, you know, two and a half years ago. And, you know, Marshall Briggs, the guy who owns the company, was like, oh, yeah, you know, just sit in the back. If someone calls out, you know, we'll, we'll figure out a spot for you. We'll try, we'll try to throw you in there. Not realizing that he's potentially putting on the greatest thing to ever happen to his company. So what happened? I got that opportunity, showed him I'm the best guy in that company, became the CWF breakout champion, the second ever CWF breakout champion. It should have been first, but, you know, I'm not complaining. Became the longest champion of all time. And then one night, some dude cashed in his briefcase you know i guess you could call it a money in the bank briefcase type deal and cashed in and pinned my opponent so therefore i lost my title so i got i was a little salty over that because i didn't think it was time for my reign to be over yet so what i had to do was in the main event of the night dale springs was defending his, his cwf championship against the caddy which i call him he doesn't have the respect of me yet to call him by his real name alex braddock and alex braddock won the title but some stuff happened got some management, pulled some strings, and had them announce that Alex Braddock had to defend his title. And I came in there, low-blowed him, because he's not ready to be champion yet. He's not a main event player like your man's Isaiah Zane. So I came in, and I won the CWF championship. And at the next night, the next show, they told me that I had to be stripped of the title because the match wasn't sanctioned. I don't know how much sense that doesn't make, but the point is, I'm going to get my championship back on May 20th against the caddy, Alex Bredick, and it's going to be slight work for you, man, Isaiah Zane. Now, you're kind of new to the game. Let's be honest. And when I say new to the game, you're less than five years into the sport, but you're already a company's heavyweight champion. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel so far as far as your progression goes? Because a lot of people train for two years, and then they have to struggle, find their footing, but it seems like you've already kind of done that. I mean, yeah, I'm still finding my footing in the wrestling business. You know, I trained for two years and I've only been in the wrestling business for just over two years. And, you know, I've struggled here and there. I'm still struggling right now. You know, I'm trying to make it and I'm trying to make it to a major company. But I know whenever I go into a company, I, whether I actually am the best talent on that show or not, I'm going in with the confidence that I am the best and I'm going to be better than your top guy. So in, you know, my first two years, you know, I've been blessed to have won four or five championships and, you know, done some extra work with some big companies here and there. But I'm very early in my career, so I got a long way to go. But best believe I'm going to be signed to a major promotion very, very soon. Well, you definitely come off uh, very confident when you speak. 
Uh, and that's not something we always see with independent wrestlers who are um, just trying to make it and, you know, really getting their footing and building their character and really trying to pave their way. Mm-hmm. Do you attribute anything special to your ability to speak uh, or is it just a lot of practice? What do you what do you got going on there getting you to the level you're at at right now, even though you've only been in the business for a short amount of time? I mean, truth is, it's going to sound cocky, but I've always feel I've been very good at talking. Talking's always been my strong suit. I was really bad at the wrestling part of it when I first started. Like, I was definitely the worst in my class. You know, I didn't know how to take a bump. I didn't know how to roll. I didn't know how to put a headlock on. I didn't know how to do a wrist lock. I thought it was the most complicated thing ever. Completely overreacting about everything, you know. Just really thinking, like, dang, this wrestling thing ain't for me. I don't know how to do it. But I've always been able to talk, and I've always been able to speak my mind and speak the truth. And that's what I find comes easiest to me because it's just like, Everybody wants to put on this persona, puts on this character, or tries to give themselves some sort of alter ego. But I don't have no ego. I am your man's Isaiah Zane, the gracious gift 24-7. So when I'm speaking, you know, it's it's just the truth. You know what I mean? In your training class is a pretty talented group. You know, you've you've made some good friends down there. Let's talk about the make it real quick. You and okay. you and the Russell twins. Talk oh, yeah. about that. And how did that uh, you know, it's not it's not very common that you see a young trio kind of start breaking through together you know the rascals is a group that kind of reminds me of you all uh so mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about that friendship between y'all yeah we've had that comparison a few times with the rascals you know uh trey miguel zachary wentz wesley they're a great three talented guys um but you know we're not the rascals and i have 100 respect for them but we're the make and we're our own people uh me alan and cameron yeah we, we've been brothers for a really long time you know we connected at a school in Louisiana in 2018, and as corny as it sounds, uh, I've told this story multiple times. We were literally told by some of the trainers that you guys aren't good enough and you aren't going to make it. And I know I'm sure you've heard so many people, whether it be wrestling, basketball, football, whatever, talking about, oh, you're not good enough to make it. But we took that seriously. We took that to heart. They, you know, they told us, you guys are not ready and you're not going to make it in this wrestling business. And we was at that school for about two and a half years. And, you know, I credit the people who helped me out. But the truth is, I just feel like I was wasting my time at the end of the day, and they was missing out on the potential that I knew myself and the Russell Twins had. So, you know, we left that company, started training at Elevate Pro, and started traveling the world. And since then, we wrestled dang near every single weekend, traveled the world just trying to make it. And that's how the make-its came about. You know, me, Alan, and Cameron, I believe we have more heart and passion than anyone in this wrestling business. We drive 16-hour drives before just to, you know, make $20 when we first started. We still making these long drives, but I'm gaining that respect from all these, you know, wrestling fans and wrestling promoters. And they're paying me that big money now on this independent scene to drive those long hours so I can make money and make a name for ourselves. So yeah, me, Alan and Cameron, we're always going to be brothers. We're always going to stick by each other's side and there ain't going to be no, ain't no, ain't no turning on each other. Like all these other groups, you know, we special, we different, we want to become. I always like to ask this question when you got uh, a group of people that are driving from town to town together. Who mm-hmm. controls the radio and what are you all listening to? Uh, we listen to a lot of things. Uh, so the rule is whoever's driving gets to listen to music. Now, if one of us wants to be nice and let the other play a song, we will. But we, we, we become very lucky that we all like the same music. So we might listen to some trippy red here and there. We might listen to some, you know, rock, rap, hip hop. 
really anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. We listen to all types of music. I got like over 3,000 songs on my playlist. You know, one second we might be listening to rap, next second we're listening to Big Time Rush from Disney or, or Nickelodeon, whatever it's from. <laughs> uh, listen to a lot of things. So, yeah, that's that. I can respect, you know, a miscellaneous playlist. You know, mm -hmm. I've got stuff for my kids, stuff for my wife, stuff for me. I got stuff that I'll never claim it's for me and I'll say it's for my wife. So, yeah, I fully respect that. Now, with that being said, what is your go-to song to get you hype? Go-to song, like to get me hype for a match? Yes. We probably listen to some like City Morgue. Uh, I don't know if y'all know what that is, but it's kind of like this goth emo type rap slash a lot of screaming. Uh, it's kind of annoying if you were just listening to it in general. But when we're trying to get in that zone, it hypes up because it's got a lot of bass and a lot of yelling to it, which that's not really the type of people we are. But when it's wrestling time, that's what we like to go to to get ourselves in that zone. Uh, you know, one song we actually come out to by Zilla Cammy is called Not Worth It. And that's what Meow and the camera come out to when we come out together. So, uh, yeah, that kind of gets us in that zone. Now, you mentioned that you've had done a lot of work for a lot of, of the major players so far. Uh, mm -hmm. You've been involved in the AEW Dark Match against the Dark Order. You've done some extra work with WWE and Impact and even Ring of Honor. Tell me about some of those experiences right now. Do you have one that's a little bit more of a favorite than the others? Um. I don't really have a favorite, so to say, but I will say that. Uh, which one I would say that AEW was probably like the one where I felt like we were most. Uh, not that any of them was ever disrespectful. I was treated with the utmost respect from everybody from WWE, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor. But at AEW, I felt like I already knew some of the wrestlers there personally. And I felt like it was one of those things where everyone really treated you like one of them. No one had an ego. No one was like, oh, I'm here. I'm this champion. Oh, you're just an extra here. Everyone was like really, you know, trying to help me out and be like, hey, bro, if you have a question, if you need help on this match, need help on this move, if, you know, you ever need advice, just hit me up. And so, yeah, I would say AEW was probably the most comfortable I was. But um, like I said, I'm ready for anything. And if it's WWE, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, wherever, whatever, I'm ready for it. Now, you talked about something interesting there about them asking you if, you know, to come to you if you had any advice. Um, and I know a lot of those companies have some um, legends, if you will, um, some talent that's been around the business that kind of, you know, help maybe be agents for uh, the matches and things like that. Do you feel like they were pretty open to the the young people coming in that maybe were, you know, extras or uh, getting a feature, you know, even if they're just uh, getting a tryout or whatever, do you feel like they were going out of their way to try to, you know, help, you know, give advice and things like that? Oh, yeah. Everybody helped out. I No one felt unapproachable. Like everyone felt like, like, you know, you have some wrestlers who be like, oh, that's Chris Jericho. I don't want to walk up to him. Or that's Sammy Guevara. That's this person. Like, oh, I don't want to bother them. But I'm Isaiah Zane. And that might sound cocky, but I'm the next guy up and I'm comfortable talking to anybody and I'm going to walk up to them. And if I have a, a question or advice or anything, I'm going to walk up to them. And I can tell when I talk to people or Alan and Cameron talk to people, as opposed to some other people, for example, this isn't a shot at them. They will respect me more 
because they could tell I'm not looking at them as like this high pedestal. Of course, they've paved the way and they've done so much and they're higher up than me right now, but I'm going to be on their level one day very, very soon. So that's just that. One of the things AEW does well right now, and I really enjoy it, and something that a lot of the other bigger promotions in the U.S. do not does not do, is they have the trios titles. Yes. And so what are your thoughts on that? And is that something that you and maybe the Russell Twins would be wanting to do together? I think it's great. You know, it gives more opportunity for more tag teams. You know, my, I myself uh, mostly am a singles competitor, but – me, Alan, and Cameron, we have something so special. And as soon as we saw the AEW trio titles, I, I know it might sound corny, but we told ourselves we're winning those. And it doesn't matter if it's going to be the Elite or the House of Black or whoever. You know, those titles are going to be ours one day. Same thing with the Ring of Honor six-man tag team championships. You know, I could easily see myself in Ring of Honor being a tag team champion with Alan and Cameron just dominating the industry because we are those guys. And whether people don't know our names yet and we might not be a huge name yet i can promise you we're going to be huge and we're going to be the three guys that everybody's talking about you're going to put us on the pay-per-views with all these other six-man tag teams or three-man tag teams i should say so many promotions have trouble booking just simple stuff and you know i've i've said this for years i wish more promotions would have a trios title because you got all this talent you're just not doing nothing with but maybe something like a trios title could elevate three individuals or like you're talking about like a tag team and yourself and give mm -hmm. them something to do and make it credible. Do you think, do you wish that more promotions would introduce things like a trios title? Uh, I won't say that all of the companies should. It, it definitely depends on how many wrestlers are in the company and how many uh, tag teams slash factions are in the company. Sometimes in wrestling, you'll see a lot of uh, companies bring in, oh, we're going to introduce this championship or let's make this new title just to do it just so, oh, look how many championships there are. But a, that's what people are forgetting to understand that a championship is supposed to be a championship. It's supposed to be a prize, meaning that you earned your way to the top. Not, oh, we just made this ninth title in our company so that we can have all these champions and they can feel included. No, there should be a top tag team, a top women, a top woman competitor and a top male competitor. And that's just it. Like, so at the end of the day, I feel like there should only be like three, four, five championships. Uh, but of course, you know, with the tag team thing, if there's at least 15 tag teams in a company like AEW, they, they've got a lot of tag teams. They definitely uh, needed to bring those championships. Go ahead and ask him, Tom. Go ahead and ask him what his opinions are on it. Go ahead. I know, I know you want to. So uh, you've, I'm sure you've seen the new title for WWE. Yes. So what's your thoughts on the way they've booked that and the fact that Roman has two titles and now there's this third title? So this is where I'm – so my thing is like, all right, there's the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship. I can't even understand if – the titles – is it two titles or is it one championship now? Because they're calling it the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. But before it was separate. But now they're calling it championship. So is it just one belt now? It's that's confusing. I think that's, yeah. that's I'm the biggest sure. part of it. I'm not sure. But the point is, look, Roman Reigns, he's one of the top guys in this industry. You know, he went from being at the bottom, not being able to take seriously, from, you know, not being able to cut, you know, the best promos, some people would say, to making himself that guy. 
you know, he's the guy everybody wants to be in the ring with. So, yeah, there's a reason he's still champion right now. There's a reason he's approaching a thousand days because nobody's on his level right now. Are there guys that have come close like Cody Rhodes? Yes. Do I think Cody Rhodes can win that championship? Yes, I do. And he should win that championship and he will one day. With the new World Heavyweight Championship, you know, I think it's a beautiful design. I can see why they wanted to make another championship to put another title on the separate brand. People are complaining, oh, well, they should have just gave it to Cody and then they could separate the titles. Well, no, that's not what happened. Roman won because Roman was the better man that night. Will Cody be that better man one day? Probably. I believe he will. But right now they need another champion on a separate brand. Shoot, who knows? They might just wind up giving it to your man's Isaiah Zane. Why don't I be the first champion? Why don't I get signed to WWE in a week from now and become the top guy? Sounds a little out of character. or sounds a little not possible, but best believe I'm going to win that title. I'm going to be the WWE champion. I'm the AEW champion. I'm going to accomplish so many things that so many people haven't been able to do in all these companies. And I'm the guy that everybody's going to be talking about at the end of the day. I'm so anti this new title. I, you know, but that's just me. I grew up in the era when Hulk Hogan was the world champion. Ric Flair mm-hmm. was the world champion. Yeah. And I think their main problem that they're missing here is that they continuously are not elevating titles like the Intercontinental title and the United States title. If you want a title on a brand, I mean, look at Gunther. Gunther's amazing. His title run yeah. has been spectacular. There are titles that you can elevate to a world title, you know, type scenario. Right? Macho Man Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat elevated those titles right next to Hulk Hogan. You know, mm-hmm. I just hate the fact that I feel like it's a consolation prize. I feel like it's a consolation prize for somebody. I see what you're talking about. Uh, I mean, it, it really just depends. But at, at the end of the day, you know, there should I believe there should be one world champion as well. I'm the top guy. Not, oh, I'm the world champion, but I'm the world champion of this brand. But, you know, WWE, you know, they're having this draft coming up and they had to separate the brands because they got so many new wrestlers coming in from NXT and probably going to be called up to Raw and SmackDown. So they got a lot of new wrestlers. So it's like they kind of had to have two world champions. But I don't know. I'm kind of back and forth about it. But I think it was necessary at the end of the day. And with the United States title, like you said, in the Intercontinental, I feel like they are doing a good job elevating it as opposed to they did a few years back, you know, with Gunther or Gunther, however you pronounce his name, with the ISC title, he's doing an amazing job. Austin Theory with the United States Championship. So many people sleep on Austin Theory. That dude's been, I believe, could be the top guy since his days in Evolve. Like, he has the look. He has the it factor. And there's a reason he beat John Cena at WrestleMania, because he's that next guy up. Yeah, I believe so, too. I, th- I think Theory's uh, future's really bright. One last thing. I know for a fact Isaiah Zane wouldn't want to share no world title with nobody. So... It can't be undisputed world champion if there's two titles. It just can't be. It can't be undisputed if there's two I champions. I mean, shoot, they might change the rule once your man's Isaiah Zane gets up there. I know they said for Roman, whatever brand he gets drafted to, this world title is going to go to the other one. But who knows? I might get up there, become the top guy, become better than Roman Reigns, and they'll be like, dang, Isaiah Zane is really drawing tickets. Let's give him the WWE championship, the Universe championship, the World Heavyweight championship. I could have three of them. Roman Reigns don't got three championship. Of them. And I said, what do you need me to do? Throw me against Carmelo Hayes. We're going to have a banger-ass match. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Carmelo's definitely on fire. I think he was the right choice. I, You know, oh, I definitely. still feel like so many times, and you can tell me what you're feeling, because I'm sure you go to shows all the time. There are still promoters out there who don't believe in the little guy. They want the big guy. It's so like, I, I look, I get it. You want the, you know, 
you want these wrestlers or superstars, you know, I guess you can call them, to be, you know, a superstar. You want them to be bigger than life and you want them to look not like the normal person, I guess you could say. But we're living in a different era now. And, you know, there's not, the truth is, there isn't as many huge uh, muscular guys that they're used to. And at the end of the day, I believe who's ever drawing the most money, whoever's got the best look, whoever knows how to draw tickets, cut the best promos, they should be the champion. So, yeah. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. Um, I think we're, we're just way past what, you know, the whole, the era of Vince McMahon and your, your giants ruling the, ruling the wrestling world. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I think what we found out is there's so much more that we were missing out on. Um, just, just the, the storylines and everything, you can't just rely on somebody just because they look huge, just because they're giant. Yeah. So now that being said, when, uh, when you're looking at, <clears throat> different feuds and things do you like when you are partnered up or uh your opponent is a bigger guy um do you do you like uh being in those type of situations so that when you beat them um it it, it shows that you know your your athleticism your skill in the ring um is that sort of a pride thing whenever you are being successful against these guys that do come in and they are of a bigger stature uh, the truth is, I, it doesn't really matter if you're bigger or not to me who I'm going against. It just matters if who's the best guy in the company. Throw me against that person and we're going to have a banger match. And, you know, if I come out on top, that shows me and that shows the people that I'm better than that person. Now, of course, if they're bigger and, you know, I look smaller to them, people might be like, oh, I don't know who's going to. I think it's pretty obvious who's going to win this match. But when I out athletic them and outdo them and out promo them in the ring and show everybody, yeah, I might not be the biggest guy. I am small, but I'm going to be better than your top guy. Whether I'm right, whether I'm there right now or not, I will be. I just had a match against somebody recently, a few days ago in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. His name is Dante Casanova. He's a very, very big dude. And he's making a name for himself on the independent scene right now. And we had an amazing match and he's way bigger than me. But I give all the credit in the world to him because he has so much potential. But, you know, unfortunately, I did not come out with the W. You know, I guess you could say his size did get to me in that match because he overpowered me. But at the end of the day, I know I'm that next man up. One thing we like to do on this show is kind of venture outside of pro wrestling. And I understand uh, that you're a huge Stranger Things fan. Oh, wow. So I kind of got a question for you, okay? Okay. Who's the most annoying character on Stranger Things, and why is it Mike? Why does everybody hate on Mike? He didn't do nothing. Look, he's just chilling with Eleven. Like, he's living his best life. I don't get why the problem is. I don't know why everybody don't like Mike. I like Mike, you know. I was about to say I'm trying to be like Mike, but that's from a different movie. Uh, Like Mike. I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about. But, nah, Mike's cool, but I don't find anyone annoying in Stranger Things. I'm surprised you've been able to find that detail. That's a very good job of you doing all that research. Yeah, but Stranger Things, I believe, I know, that's the greatest show of all time. You know, whether you guys have watched it or not, whether these fans watching this show have watched it or not, watch the show. I've watched seasons one through four three times, and I'm currently re-watching it right now. I'm on season two, episode seven for the fourth time. The show is so dang good. There's not, nothing ever been able to touch it. Nothing ever will be able to touch it. And shoot, Stranger Things season five is about to start filming. 
if y'all got a background role for me, you know, I'm glad to be a part of it. I think it's one of the most pleasant surprises I've ever had watching a show. Uh, it just came across my Netflix when it first started. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. Didn't have any expectations about it. Kind of reminded me a little bit of Goonies in a way. You know, at first with these kids who are just kind of you cruising around town doing their own little thing. And I was like, hey, it's, you know, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I never thought it would become the phenomenon that it did. And I'm mm-hmm. with you. It's one of the better shows I've definitely watched uh, in my life. I can't wait to see how it ends. I don't think everyone's going to make it out, though. Your thoughts? I don't know. Personally, I think Steve might die. I don't want to see Steve die because Steve's one of my favorites. But I feel like Steve might die just because it would be really emotional. And I feel like if it happens, the, the fans would be not only shocked, but they'd feel for him. I'd say probably even more than some people just because of how good his character is and how, uh, of how good that actor plays uh, the character Steve. I can't think of his name. Joe Keery, I think his name is. But I don't know who's going to make it out alive. All I know is the original people, you know, the four kids, ain't none of them better die. Mike, uh, I, I said Sadie Sink. What's her name? Max Mayfield, Eleven, Lucas, Will. They better stay exactly how they are. You know, they came from season one and they made it all the way to the top and they did this together. And without them four or five or however many people it is, we would not be in this era of Stranger Things right now. So they better stay alive. But uh, Will's definitely dying. Will's definitely dying. What's up? Will is definitely dying. That's that's my pick who's going to die. Or there's a part of me that thinks Will is actually already dead. How's he already dead? Well, he's connected to the upside down, right? He's mm-hmm. connected. I just think he's made it back through. I think he's actually he died in the upside down. I th- I'm telling you, I feel I feel like there's so, something there with Will. Tell me this: if he's already dead in the upside down, but at the end of the show, they already reunited in real life. Explain that they already he already made it back to the real universe, and and all his friends saw him. So how's he dead? is a it's like vecna right so vecna can cross over too vecna's dead too look will is alive all right i don't want to hear it all right yeah it's definitely gonna be a a wild ending to this series and uh, i just hope they do it justice um I, I really liked the first uh, couple seasons but the the longer it went the less i kind of liked it um, but they kind of pulled me right back in at the very end of the last season. So I'm really hoping they uh, finish strong. Oh, yeah, they got to finish strong. I wish I could rewatch the show for the first time again and not know the outcome because the show is just that dang good. I love the whole vibe, you know, it being said in the 80s, like the music, the intro video, just everything about it is just perfect. But, uh, yeah, that boy Will is not dead, and I can assure you that. I will say this. I was about to come out of my chair if they killed Max. I was about Bro. to be livid. She's one of my favorite yeah. characters on the whole show. Sadie Sink, the character, you know, the person who plays the character Max Mayfield does a phenomenal job. All right. Max Mayfield is so dang, you know, just so good at what she does. The character from, you know, getting bullied by her older brother. Uh, just if they kill Max. Which, by the way, she ain't dead because I heard apparently like the movie uh, people who how much each actor is getting paid 
uh, got leaked for the next season. I don't know if that's accurate, but it's pretty sure. So all these people thinking, oh, Max died because she wasn't waking up at the end of the season. She's alive, all right? And she's going to make it alive. And she ain't blind, all right? Her eyes just got to get back to normal. She's going to be good, all right? She got that dilated pupils. Yeah, something like that. Awesome, awesome. Well, Isaiah, man, thank you so much for hopping on here with us tonight. It's great to talk to you. Here's your chance to plug yourself, social media, merchandise, whatever you got. Go ahead. So, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. If you're a fan, don't request me on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, YouTube, all at Isaiah underscore Zane. Well, YouTube is just Isaiah Zane. And uh, more importantly, above all that, uh, please support my charity. Support the Pope Elijah Burke's charity. Uh, it's called the Love Alive Charity. You can go to love-alive.org to donate today. You know, it's for a good cause. We help the people out in Jacksonville, Florida, in a small town called Duval. You know, the people who are homeless, the people who don't have as much food or as much money, you know, all of that money that you donate is going to them to buy them food, to buy them clothes. So donate to the charity. And uh, yeah, just keep up with everything I'm doing. I'm wrestling every single weekend. And uh, that's about it. No fanboy request on Facebook. No fanboy request. Stop it. Well, all you fans, there's one person. I'm not even, even going to say it. There's one person. There's one fan. I'm not going to expose them. He's requested me on Facebook at least 45 times, not exaggerate, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Stop. All right, you can follow me on Instagram. You could go to my YouTube. But if I accept your friend request, then I got all these fans spamming my phone. You go to my DM requests, all right? I don't need to just, just respect the wrestlers and we will respect you. Awesome, awesome. Isaiah, it was great to have you on again. Can't wait to see. Hopefully, you'll get up here close to where we're at soon. We're up here in Kentucky and Indiana area. Love to okay. watch you uh, perform. Uh, Florida's a little bit, you know, I know you travel 16 hours uh, to wrestle, but I don't know if I can travel 16 hours to, to watch you. I, mean, I don't know if I can uh, convince the wife of that one yet. So, Hey, look, well, if, I, if I have a show in Kentucky, Indiana, my, you know, I debuted in Indiana. That was my first show. So whenever that happens, I'll be sure to hit y'all up and let y'all know. And I'll best believe I can get y'all some free tickets because I don't need y'all. Y'all need to pay for it. All right. Y'all can just sneak in. Y'all going to be good. We're going to get arrested. Everyone do what you need to do. Stay safe. Uh, so you can go out, watch all the great talent perform all around the world. Make sure to hit that subscribe button for myself, Tom and Isaiah. Thank y'all very much. Enjoy your night and we'll see y'all next week.